Yeah, it's Tuesday, December 5, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe in the gospel, my friends, for it is God's power unto salvation. What do I identify to live as Christ, to die as game, which is one of my favorite verses, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Paul wrote Philippians in jail. And I want to analyze to live as Christ today. We're going to do that from the perspective of Proverbs 5, 21 through 23. And that reads, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. He pondereth all his goings. God sees and studies and he knows all the things that you do and everywhere you go. His own iniquities, man's own iniquities, shall take the wicked himself and he shall be holden with the cords of his own sins. The bad stuff you do against God and in earth will tie you up. It will enslave you. He shall die without instruction. And in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Seems to me that there is a descending, compounding exacerbation of getting away from God. That the further you go, the longer you go against him and what he says, the worse and worse and worse and worse and worse things get. But because God is a good God and Christ is king and the way that he rules on his throne is according to his wisdom. So when people who follow Jesus or are in Jesus, which is the same thing, do what Jesus does, the world will take notice. And that is what I believe means to live is Christ. You're doing the stuff that Christ did while you're here on earth with an F. And then whenever you pass, then hey, you get to go be with Jesus. Amen. We're going to be talking about that today. We're going to launch with James O'Keefe talking about truth, understanding the context that the bad things that are going on uh, around in the world is evidence and should be making people do something about it. You should do something about it. You should not be disconnecting your faith from real world impacts. If you do that, shame on you because we're here to live as Christ, to die as gain. I want to cover uh, then the second segment, hurt people are misled by gaslighting. Because there's a bunch of evil and a lot of bad things going on, the people, whenever they're hurt and they're seeking justice, they're being gaslit by bad ideas, bad knowledge, bad actors. And so they are searching for remedy in places where I don't believe that they'll get it. And that's bad because if you're hurt, you need remedy. If you have been hurt by, you know, fake vaccines, weaponized mRNA, government-sanctioned, contracted bioweapons, then you need remedy. And I want people to get remedy, especially if they're veterans. Going to hammer on illegal and legal immigration because I think that our government has, it's just, I mean, that's just one of the, most obvious ways in my mind that this nation is being destroyed, that America is being destroyed, is just by unfettered immigration. It's like the West, it's like Western civilization has become so thoroughly materialistic and devoid of critical thought, focus on God, and the application of Christ's wisdom into life that the Western civilization has been running on fumes of previous generations and centuries of following Christ. And so now we like the chickens are coming home to roost and it's coming in the forms of Africans and Asians and Middle Eastern illegal immigrants invading nations. And it's like the, the nations have no uh, constituents that apply their perspective to the world in a way that will stop them to preserve their nation. And I, I, <laughs> I will go down as one beating the drum as getting rid of and stopping immigration by God. And then lastly, I want to show a video that will show uh, real-world violence. It's a, it's a show, so it's, it's fake from that perspective. But I want, it, I, I want to use it as an example of people understanding and witnessing something and then taking action without being told, without being asked, just doing it. Because they can, they should, and they have the power to do so. 
I also want to uh, invite you this Friday to a uh, Zoom call with me, and we'll talk about patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. This is one of the best ways to support me, my ministry, the work that I do herein. It's also a way for you to switch your shopping from American manufacturer or away from globalists, away from the godless commies, over to American manufacturing. That's at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. You can sign up there or you can go to nowgotowar.com. I didn't put it in the link description and that's my mistake, but that will be a Zoom call this Friday at 8 p.m. Central. So today is the 5th. It's a Tuesday. So we're looking at December 8th at 8 p.m. Central Time. Myself and my wife will be on that call. It's a Zoom call. All are welcome. We'll walk you through what the process is, what things are. We'll answer questions. We'll show things. It'll be an opportunity for you to ask me and talk to me about whatever, but we generally try to keep it on that. Um, and it's a way for you to recalibrate and switch the money you're already spending to American manufacturing. Again, that's patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. The very first thing I'm going to do, this is just one of the coolest videos. I just We're just going to start out the right way. Uh, I have no way to fit this in, but I laughed. So I'm going to watch it and then we'll move on with the rest of the stuff. Here we go. Yeah, if that's not one of the most satisfying videos, I don't know what it is. It's a baby being thrown up in the air and falling down on a perfect fluffy cushion of snow uh, and like sinking head in and then the mom gets it gets the baby. It's just it's funny. Uh, it's funny, and uh, I wanted to play it, so there you go. Uh, this was also sent to me by a longtime listener. Um, I wanted to play this. This is James O'Keefe speaking about truth and standing up for it. Listen to someone who is making news, is uh, you know going on uh, under investigations and uh, producing the truth, and what he has to say about standing for truth. This is the context I want to frame the broadcast in, so go ahead, James. So you said that um, probably a lot of us are afraid. I'm afraid. Um, and so am I. I'm afraid too. Not to the extent most of you are, but I'm afraid too. And and we're, I mean, so we're the same age. I admire the hell out of you for what you do. I want to become less afraid. Well, so what are you afraid of? Lose my job. Okay, what's the worst? So what? tell me more about that. Um, well, then I have to figure out what to do. And then I have two little kids at home. We have a house, I have a wife. We like a lot of what we do, but we feel like there's so much truth to tell. And uh, so what's holding you back? Fear, it's irrational. So you have to, I, I have this conversation by the way, every day. I mean, I just had this conversation this afternoon on Instagram with, and she said literally, she said what you're saying, she said, well, I have to provide for my boys. And I said, what do you mean? Are they going to starve to death if you, if you tell the truth? As far as I know, people don't starve in America, at least not yet. So you mean you're going to lose your house? You're going to lose your job? I lost my job. I lost the job. I mean, this is the great. I lost the job for the company that I founded doing this. It doesn't get much more ironic than that. But I'm still standing. So what, I mean, and now I'm going to be honest, Bob, but what are we actually afraid of? Especially Christians. That's one of the greatest ironies. I said that Christians are, they talk about eternal life and they're worried about losing their stuff and their money. I don't get that at all. Because you don't take any of that stuff with when you die. None of it. And when we're on our deathbed, I'm willing to bet we're probably not thinking about our stuff and our money or what type of house we live in. I think we think about whether we follow our conscience. And by the way, I have children. I, by the way, I don't have children, so I can't fully empathize yet. I hope to have children. But I would think that if I did have children, my little boys would, would appreciate the fact that I follow my conscience, even if it meant I lived in a smaller house or I had to rent instead of home. I would think that my children would be inspired by that rather than that would hurt them. But that's what I think. So you have to really evaluate why is it, what's the worst thing that could actually happen to you? And maybe the worst thing is not the worst thing. Maybe 
like the best thing. Because they can stop me, and maybe they will, but they can't stop me and you and like a couple hundred other people. So they can't stop all of us. So what we need to do is awaken sleeping giant. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of truth there. I was actually just trying to find um, this video. Is this video going to play? Yeah, this is me in Afghanistan. I'm in that, not that truck to the left in the center of the screen, but now the one coming into the center of the screen. I'm the one right there in that truck. I'm in that truck, the passenger seat, and all of a sudden it goes gaboosh. I got hit by an IED. Like, it sucked, man. I got blowed up. I got blowed up in Afghanistan. And that triggered... That triggered an ambush. So what what O'Keefe is talking about really connects with me. Because it's like, imagine the worst thing that can happen to you. And then when you think about that worst thing, just start walking back either by mitigation or by probability or by providence. And recognize that everything that you have has been given to you. Let's look at it like this. 24-year-old Jaron Jackson's in the military, deploys to Afghanistan because he wants to lead soldiers in combat, because he believed at the time that 9-11 was an attack on the nation, so he devoted himself to serving the nation by learning how to kill people by means of fire and maneuver, being an infantry officer. Went through ranger school, did preparatory train-up with uh, the 101st, got into Afghanistan, and then there I am leading soldiers on the ground in combat patrols. The highest ranking guy right there, leading guys in, in combat patrols. Then I get blown up and it's like, holy crap. People blowing you up. People shooting at you. People killing your friends. You killing people that you recognize are just defending their homes. And then you look at where we are in society today and you have men in dresses twerking with kids. You've got kids being taught that to hate themselves, hate their parents, hate the nation. Up is down, down is up, right is left, left is right, good is bad, bad is good. There's so many things that don't make sense and I'm asking the question, what stops people? What stops people from doing something about it? And then I want to give grace because I recognize, well, some people might not be fighters, but I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Is Christ on the throne? Did Christ give you gifts? Did he tell you to go do stuff? Yes, yes, yes. And if, he gave, if he's on the throne, if he gave you gifts, if he told you to go use them, what excuse do you have? The thumbnail for this broadcast is Jesus with the woman at the well. This is the Alpha, the Omega. This is a, a depiction of the Alpha, the Omega, sitting with the woman at the well. The adulterous woman who is really, really horrible. She's a whore. She's married to all sorts of people. She is, she's bad in her doctrine. She's bad in her behavior. She is an outcast. And yet the Bible says that my Savior went out of his way through Samaria to go meet this woman because he knew that's where she was going to be. He knew the future. He knew where she was. He went to where she was going to be and found her in the time of her incredible embarrassment. Because she was so much of a whore, they kicked her out and she felt, you could read into the text, you could interpret it from it, you could infer I should say, she was not willing to be part of all the other women that would bring their jugs to the well in the cool of the day because she was doing it during the heat of the day. So she's got bad doctrine. She's got bad belief. She's got bad behavior. But yet she found Jesus at the place of her greatest, uh, at, at, at the place where it was showing that she was of greatest humiliation. She was doing it by herself. She was out from nowhere. And she found Christ. Christ found her. Christ told her that there would be a time where we would worship him in spirit and in truth. And she went and she told everybody. She blabbed. She let the, the Christ out of the box. She let the Christ out of her heart. She let him reign and rule, proclaim and say what the gospel was. She invited him. Lots of souls were saved. That is how Christ does stuff. 
And I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. I'm encouraging you in your capacity to recognize and look where other people are hurting. Go to them and find them and bring them that truth. There are people who look at our nation and they rightly assess that it's dying. But but in their correct diagnosis, they don't recognize that their own thinking has trained them to complain about stuff. Well, if you're only complaining about stuff and you don't do stuff, then your complaining is actually making the stuff worse because now you're increasing the psychological pressure. You're increasing the the diagnosis of how bad things are. Did you know that the radical left is destroying America? Oh, no. This gets underneath my skin. Because I am, I make my living while talking on the internet in a box on a camera in the internet. I would appreciate it if people supported me, but I don't care about that more than I care about preaching the gospel and being faithful to people who are following Jesus. Do you recognize that viewers go down, the content doesn't spread as much if you're not talking about salacious things? And I repented whenever I put this, uh, this, uh, this thumbnail up here, I repented of this because I recognize whenever I put this up, there's people that ain't going to watch this because it shows Jesus. I, I told myself that people won't watch this as much because it's got Jesus and the woman on the well. And I even thought to myself, not even but 20 minutes ago, 25 minutes ago, whenever I chose this picture from my thumb, thumbnail, I told myself there will only be the churchy people who care about this. And that's what I repented from. And I recognized, well, that's who Jesus wants. Jesus wants his people to do what he says so that he gets more people. (laughs) He wants his people to do what they're supposed to be doing to follow him so that they can use their talents, their opportunities, and their network, their net worth to go do what he says for them to do. The hard part about that is that if we don't take that analysis, if we don't take stock of what we've been given, we don't think of it in those terms. And the reason why I use that picture is because that is the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the one who created all things. Through him, all things were made. There is nothing that is made that was not made by him. He holds everything together and yet there he is with an adulterous, whore of a woman who's an outcast social pariah meeting her in love to give her the message of the gospel i can do that i don't have I, I i can't create worlds but i can definitely go out of my way to meet people where they are i can definitely bring them loving truth about how things are and by my going out of my way that's the modeling of righteousness I am going out of my way to serve and to love them. To bring them that. This isn't just sharing a guy's message on the internet, though I thank you and appreciate it. This isn't just going, hey everybody, look at this. I would pull up your phone and go through your contact lists and ask people how you can pray for them. I would go to, t- to people that you've, that you've met, either at church or workplace, you know, wherever, and ask them how you can serve them. Or better yet, instead of doing the open-ended question, how about you do something in your own spare time, make a video, do a, uh, an art project, write a poem, uh, read a book, mark it up, and then give it to them and show them. Like, do something with your time to engage the world and then present it to somebody else and say, I care about you, here's what I did with you in mind. Kind of like how your cat goes and kills a field mouse and brings it up to the porch and meows. I did this for you. I went out and hunted a mouse and I'm bringing it back for you. Or your dog goes and destroys and rips up an armadillo and brings the armadillo to your door after he's get done chewing on it. Or whenever you come out, he rolls over like this and his tail's wagging because he's willing to give you his armadillo if you give him some belly scratches. Like these are animals modeling righteousness by serving their masters. Like this is what it looks like. That might be a weird thing. But hey, I was playing the video of the baby being thrown in the snow. Amen. I don't know. This this for me, it, 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 hits, it hits in a way 
where I am, I am tired. I am tired of people just complaining. I am tired of people going, the radical left is destroying, the radical left is destroying the country. I want us to get to work. I want us to go to war. I want us to recognize the talents that God gives us and do it in ways and, and do things that the world doesn't look at, thinks is stupid, doesn't have the self-analysis or the self-awareness to do critical thinking. And I'll give you an example. So let's get to that right now. This video is of two veterans speaking who are vax injured on the steps of the Supreme Court. Watch this commentary follows. Hi, I'm Brianna Cespedes and this is John Frankman. We are two veterans affected by the COVID-19 mandate. We're here in front of the Supreme Court and one of the reasons we're not getting justice is because our cases are being found moot. Because these cases are being dismissed, we're not able to get restitution and we're not able to set any legal precedent from keeping things like this from happening again. Therefore, because the courts aren't doing their job, we need Congress to step up and to legislate and to hold hearings to ensure that we get restitution, we bring reform to the military, and that this can never happen again. The readiness of the military and the well-being of service members depends on it. Now, I'm going to be excruciatingly candid. I want these people to get justice. I want them, I, you know, I don't know if they're vax injured or if they lost their careers to the vaccine uh, mandate. I want them to get their justice all day long. Amen, I, I would love to help. A couple things. First, a fraction of American people actually have ever served in the military. And I'm just gonna rip the band-aid off with this analysis. No one cares. You will get people who play the sympathy card, the little you know violin, and that will be it. And recognize, let's just be sober, let's just be real. Standing on the steps of the Supreme Court is an emotional appeal. It's a symbolic gesture. It's somewhere where you're trying to put pressure on the Supremes. Do you think they watch this? Probably not. Do you think that there will be enough people in the statistical rarity number of veterans who have served and were impacted by the COVID-19 mandate in order for they themselves to organize around these people? And this is how cynical I get. Because they will either have an organization or they'll have some attorney with his paw in the cookie jar who will be siphoning and taking this money while not making lawful arguments standing on rights. And you saw what their solution was for Congress to legislate? No one in government has the power, the authority to compel you to vaccinate yourself. Period. You never give up your private rights. And for people who me uh, used to say, well, the, they can mandate you take this vaccine. Show me that in the law. Just because you swear to defend the Constitution doesn't mean that you relinquish your private rights to your health and your liberty. You don't. And, and, and there'll be people, well, what about the 1905 Jacobson case that you're, you're a clown? That's not what the Jacobson case spoke about. How about you actually read what was uh, argued and what the, the holding of the case was instead of just saying, we can compel people to take vaccines. My point is that because people don't have the critical thinking for what truth is, they go along with the trope. And so here you have injured veterans who were probably harmed by the COVID-19 vaccine. They probably got autoimmune or they got something messed up with them as a result of the COVID-19 mandate. I hate that. I want them to get justice. I want them to be helped. But their thinking has got a bad understanding of knowledge, which is functioning as more gaslighting away from the truth, which is actually harming them more. And now the tools that they're using, the emotional appeals, standing on the stairs of the Supreme Court, isn't actually going to rally any support because if everyone is doing this with their cases, J6ers with gifts and go, uh, open borders crowds, I mean, there's all sorts of people with all their emotional appeals. And what you're doing is you're creating a market whereby the consumers of news will see these emotional appeals and then say, here's five bucks, here's five bucks, here's five bucks, here's five bucks. And at some point you're gonna say, holy crap, where are the people getting remedy? I'm giving, don't, I'm giving money to you, I'm giving money to you, I've given money to these guys, that's a loss, that's a loss, that's a loss, that's a loss. Why do we keep losing? Why do we not get our way? Why is injustice going on? Why is unrighteousness, lawlessness, evil continuing? 
And I'm screaming from the from the mountaintop, going, read the Bible, get back to the gospel, get back to the law, get back to the constitution, and give up this uh, feckless you know, trope where it's like, we gotta get Congress to pass a legislation. Because you know that the idea behind Congress passing legislation is you gotta have the members of Congress in order to do what you think that they have to do. But you're never gonna read the constitution to recognize, you know what? Those people put crap in my arm and I didn't want them to. And now I'm harmed and I'm wronged for the rest of my life, presumably. That's a wrong. Just boom, done, period. You don't need legislation by any Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative majority. What you need to do is understand what your rights are, swear to it, and serve them by right. Go right at them. You don't need the attorneys. You don't need the Congress to do this. Well, Jaron, the courts are doing mute stuff. That's because you're paying the attorneys to file the papers to participate in the system that's been economized and made, made to facilitate the way that they do law, which ain't law. It's a freaking hoax. And this is where I get frustrated because there's people that are getting hurt that continue to do this stuff. But if we're just being candid, how many people will go... I'm here on the steps of the Supreme Court. Our cases aren't being heard. We need to be heard. Join my organization today. Donate at my Gibson Go link. Promo code this. Promo code that. The collective amalgamation of that, it's training Americans to not do stuff. You've got Jesus at the with the woman at the well. He went out of his way to go sit at the well, to talk to her, to bring her the truth. To counter that, you now have the people who say that they claim Christ, who are watching people with boxes on the internet, talking about, here's how all the bad things are, here's this link, click this link and you'll do good stuff. And it's like, it, those are two different, very separate things. Jesus going to the woman at the well, sitting at the well, having a conversation with her, loving her enough to, enough to tell her she was wrong, loving her enough to tell her, hey, go and sin no more. Loving her, well, he told uh, the, the adulterous woman that, but loving her enough to meet her where she was. But he did that. He did that. And now we have all of our lives on the internet. And I say this as a guy who benefits from the internet. I say this as a guy who points you to links that do benefit me. But holy crap, don't benefit me. Don't watch my stuff. Don't give me any help, any financial assistance. Don't, don't do anything that I do if it takes you away from going and being Christ to the woman at the well. Go to the woman at the well. Go help her. Go look at what you're actually doing and if you're actually doing something in real life versus this fake internet crap. And this is just training people to look at these veterans to be like, oh man, they're veterans. Which, by the way, because more and more Americans are being taught to hate America, less and less Americans are going to give a crap about how bad veterans are being treated. So if veterans are being treated bad after they go to foreign battlefields on behalf of the military-industrial complex and fight foreign wars that don't actually improve our national security but are actually in conjunction with some type of uh, you know Vatican-driven, Israel-influenced, globalist policing operation, if that really is the case, fewer and fewer Americans are actually going to serve in the United States military, but fewer and fewer Americans are actually going to give a crap about it. So you're reinforcing ideas that don't exist they, they there's no there's no longevity there because you're not actually standing on truth you're 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 manipulated with the I mean, what, what do you what do you expect what do you expect well we are vaccine injured we are harmed amen yes you were yes you were but our cases are moot why why are they moot you're not giving standing do you ever investigate why i i i feel like i'm i feel like i'm taking crazy pills that people don't look at the ground that they stand on and question if they're doing things the right way. Which in my, in my mind projects and indicts American society with the pride that deprives us from self-analysis. Which is why we don't repent. We don't look at how we think. We don't look at what we do. We don't recognize that whereas Jesus went to go see the woman at the well, we will just click the link and put in the promo code. Those are two different things. Those are very two different things. Hope that makes sense.
I want to talk about how gaslighting and, and banging the drum of how bad things are really actually hurts people. Let me cut deep. This is an ammunition company today that says the signs of imminent societal collapse are all around you. And this is from Phoenix Ammunition. But they say, dear customer, thank you for your business and for your continued support of American jobs and manufacturing. Due to world events, our suppliers have notified us of unprecedented demand for an anticipated global shortage of gunpowder and thus has increased our prices substantially. We must therefore raise our pricing to offer those uh, help offset those increases. And then it goes on to say all the, the lists of uh, primers and all this other kind of stuff. And this is coming from Phoenix Ammunition, which is, this is what they say. They are a premier ammo supplier for the militia industrial complex. Self-defense is a human right. Come for the ammo, stay for the memes, phoenixammunition.com. Now, why do I hate this? This is where the reductio would say, well, Jaron's just anti-Second Amendment, which is false. Uh, Jaron has a failed ammunition business that whenever I tried to get um, parts to manufacture, uh, executive orders cut supply lines. So I got priced out of it, lost a lot of money doing it because of that. So I, I know this industry very well. The problem is the way that you're pitching it, right? or the way that you're pitching it right here. How are you pitching it? The signs of imminent societal collapse are all around you. Question, if an ammunition company, would an ammunition company make more money or less money if societal collapse was imminent? If the ammunition company telling you societal collapse is imminent, does the credit card processor that requires internet and power and all that kind of stuff, will it still work with your bank account to take your money and give it to them? Okay, so banking still works and electricity still works, internet still works. Will the logistics take the actual bullets from their warehouse, wherever it is, put it in the mail system and deliver it to your door reliably? Yes, okay, well, so that's imminent societal collapse. And then ultimately, if the society is about to imminently collapse, why are you getting rid of ammunition and getting money? Would you not want to actually stockpile ammunition? and not stockpile money? What are you gonna do, defend yourself with the dollar? This is what is, is upsetting to me because this pitch point is clearly about fear. It's gaslighting. And now think about this, if you're a political conservative, which I am, you're gonna support the Second Amendment, which I do, and I even had an ammunition company. When you start to say societal collapse is imminent, buy my stuff, it's a sales pitch, but what you're really doing is you're continuing to teach people not to go be Christ at the woman at the well. You're teaching people to stockpile their ammunition, which if you want to be clear about it, whenever I got blowed up in this truck, I had 210 rounds, which was my combat load, basic combat load. I had 210 rounds on my person. Do you have 210 rounds? A 556 five, or whatever? Like, do you have enough ammunition to defend your home? Do you believe that it's going to be a sustained assault? Like it wasn't Benghazi where there's just waves and waves and waves of people? I mean, have you done any type of battle analysis? Or are we just gonna go ahead and say, you know what? I need a boatload of ammo so I can go ahead and shoot all these guys. Which in my mind, the way that I think, have you actually trained tight shot groups? Can you actually hit the targets you want? Because hitting the targets you want at a range when it's a controlled environment is different than whenever your adrenaline is jacked or you're half asleep because they come at 2 o'clock in the morning instead of 2 o'clock in the afternoon when it's perfectly daylight outside. And not to mention the fact that whenever you pull the trigger while looking at a person in made in God's image, that's something that most of us will probably hesitate on. We will probably hesitate to do this. But yet, for me, all of this is loaded up in this type of perspective. The signs of imminent societal collapse are all around you. Well, how about you go meet the woman at the well? Catch her before she's ready to go do stuff. Turn her, reframe her understanding to where she goes and does things. That might be off, that might not make sense. But it's like, holy crap, man. 
if, a, if an ammunition company is selling ammo, telling people things are about to collapse, they're still going to get their credit card to take your money, which means the banks work, the internet works. They're going to mail the product to your home, which means the, the mail works. And now they're going to sell ammo instead of keep the ammo for themselves. Do they believe the society is about to collapse or do they think that they're going to be able to make money because people are now more afraid? Now, I, I do happen to believe that there will be an ammo shortage. But I'm also cynical enough, given the last couple of years, that I think that it's contrived just to jack up the money so that people can make money selling ammo. Like, I mean, that's, that's where I think. I think that it's price fixing. I think whenever you realize that there's really only three companies that industrially produce um, lead stiffnet, which is the, the plastic explosive necessary for primers, there's really only three companies that do that on an industrial level in America. So the, the, the supply chain for ammunition manufacturing is already tenuous and a lot of it's owned and influenced by people like George Soros or BlackRock or whatever. And so are they doing it to destroy the society or are they doing it to cause fear so that they can pad their pockets? I mean, if, if you own rail companies and ammo companies and all these other things, yeah, let's charge you more for tracking or uh, charge you more for shipping, charge you more for ammo. This makes sense. I'm making money. And if I keep people so stupid that they just go emotionally stand on the steps of the Supreme Court and say, our court cases are moot. Well, yeah. Okay. There's truth there. But what are you doing? You're really just training Americans to be stupid and emotional. And jumping from lily pad to lily pad to lily pad, topic to topic to topic. What is emotionally getting me today? What is emotionally getting me tomorrow? What? Is, oh, squirrel, squirrel. Instead, when we recognize Christ is king, he's on the throne and he commands us to go and live like him. We're now recognizing, okay, that headline, I can't control it. This politician, okay, we might be able to get him with some fundamental law, notice an affidavit. But what I really want to do is I really want to go talk to my neighbor about Jesus. Because my neighbor, if my neighbor dies right now, he's going to go to hell. Let me, let me work on this issue right there. And here's the wisdom. The more people do that, the more people who go to the woman in the well, the more people who to live as Christ, the better everything will get. Because now God's invading and building his way instead of, oh no, the, you know, the radical left is destroying America. Let's vote more Republicans. Let's go do ballot chasing. Let's go do, you know, whatever the stupid idea is. Freaking morons. I don't want to talk about immigration. It's one of my biggest issues. Poland has learned the lesson that the West has not learned, which is why the West is falling and Poland is standing strong. My favorite Polish politician, here you go. So legally, you have to apply. Legally, you're allowed to apply. And this is up to us if we agree to, to have you in Poland. That's number one. Then our society, our structure. I keep repeating that in many mosques, we can hear about hijra. For us, homogenic society, Christian society is a value. For me, multicultural society, it's not a value. I used to live in London. I used to live there for five years. I used to work in US and I see the fruits of multiculturalism. For me, it's not a, it's, it's not a virtue. For me, it's not a value. So we have a right to think about our future in a way we want to. So Christian culture, Roman law, Greek philosophers, these are the, the, the virtues for us. Yeah, the only part that I disagree there is Roman law. I don't want Roman law. I want the common law. But look at his point. His point is that they've learned their lesson. Poland is watching nations dying and they're learning, hmm, immigration is destabilizing them. Immigration is destabilizing them. And one of the counter virtues, counter values, opposing values, is that of multiculturalism. Uh, this woman is a, a, she's Dutch, Eva Vlardenbrock. I'm going to pronounce that weird. She's got a weird last name. Uh, she's talking about how people are being sacrificed on the altar of multiculturalism. Listen to this. The stabbing in Dublin, you know, it's not the first time at all that we've had a, a migrant come into any of our countries really in Europe and stab random people, stab children, stab women or elderly. Usually they go for, uh, you know, like easy targets, so to say. And the list of, of 
of, of people who were sacrificed on the altar of, of multiculturalism or diversity is endless, you know, and you would never hear about it really in the media because they would like to cover that up, obviously, you know, because God forbid that people know the truth and actually hold the establishment accountable for their policies. Well, the thing is, it's like it's become so frequent now that it's hard to hide and people have gone out to protest and that's what you're seeing in Ireland. It's just people are fed up with it. And this is this is the balance. The balance is as the frustrations grow, which I I agree with. I understand. As the frustrations grow, it's how do you channel that? How do you channel that? I debated. I debated with putting the again. I, I debated with putting instead of the picture of Jesus, instead of this picture of Jesus or this picture depicting a version of Jesus. I almost put a picture depicting Jesus clearing the temple. But I thought that was so much of a trope that it would actually miss the point. The point I'm trying to make is that Christ in his wisdom is in control. He's on the throne. He's the king now. The way that he has chosen to dominate and conquer things is by his wisdom the way that he did it. Which is not going to look worldly powerful. But it's going to destroy idols. It's going to save the lost. It is going to defeat the powers and the principalities. But yet, as people are righteously understanding that the, the, the powers that be, these globalist powers, are actually destroying their culture and destroying the way that they, they do things, they're going to get upset. But at what point do they take their anger and channel it the right way? Because I don't just want lawlessness. I don't want to just shoot people in the face. I don't want rapists to rape. I don't want the general lawlessness. This is why I believe Christians need to repent and get back to the Bible. If you're a Christian, an American, you need to get back to the Bible, and then you can read the common law. You, you can read the Constitution. I would and encourage everybody to go to my teacher, friend, law coach, brother in Christ, Dave Jose, at Real Dave Cares for You, number four on Twitter, Real Dave Cares for You at uh, Telegram. Take his webinars, learn his stuff, get down to the basics. It's really as simple as. When an idea comes into your brain, into your eyes, into your ears, to the key terrain, you want to oppose it with what's in your heart, which is the Bible, which is Christ. So if something invades your brain, your heart needs to be coming up telling, hey, hey, what's going on? Using this Bible to slice it apart. Immigration is destroying this nation. It's also destroying other nations. Remember earlier, uh, a couple months ago, I spoke about this Italian um, island called Lampedusa. Lampedusa had a population of 7,000. 7,000 Italians. Bongiorno. In one day, they took 6,000 Africans. They are up now to over 200,000 Africans. It is now an African nation. This is that video. <laughs> So that's the that's the endless stream of Africans going into Lampedusa, Italy. And this is the endless stream of illegals coming up from South America, through Central America, through Mexico, coming into the United States. It just infuriates me. Something's drawing them here. Something's incentivizing them here. This is maladministration of justice. I believe it's treason. Uh, I believe it's a constitutional crisis of the highest order. But then you have stupid godless commies like Dick Durbin, who's a senator for Illinois with an S, who says stupid stuff like this out loud. What troubles me about the debate now about the southern border is it is one half of the immigration equation. Yes, we need order at the border. Yes, we need to have changes in the laws that reflect the reality of the overwhelming numbers from all over the world who are coming to our, our shores and our border. But there's also an incredible demand for legal immigration into this country even now. The presiding officer, my colleague from the state of Illinois, 
has legislation which addresses one aspect of that. Her bill, and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you are an undocumented person in this country and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like, you can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Do we need that? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them the chance? I think we should. No, we should not give them the chance. Because let's just, just examine that idea. There are those who would be willing to risk their life for this country. Are they really risking their life? I don't want you to risk your life. I want you to stay at your house and you build your place. You build your nation. Um, it's also this idea that think about the think think about well the military is not reaching recruitment. Well, hold on. The Constitution, Article One, Section Eight, says that you can't have more than two years appropriation for the army. So if the army can't meet recruitment, why does the army have recruitment if it's not pre, if if it's if it's keeping in line with the constitutional spirit of no more than two years of appropriation? Why does the army have a standing? Why why do we have a standing army whereby if it doesn't meet its recruiting goals, that's now a crisis to justify open borders and people who aren't from here to moralistically reframe their invasion into them risking their lives for this country? Ain't that about a moral uh, cheetah flip? Isn't that just about the stupidest thing in the world? Which is probably you know it makes sense. The dude probably supports homosexuality and abortion. So these, this, this stupid worldview predicating and preying on moralistic preening, we got a lot of men because they're risking their lives for the nation, is now an opportunistic organ harvest, whereby they will take the young backs and the young legs, if they're not human trafficked, and they'll put them into the military. So you got a bunch of people speaking all sorts of languages from all over around the, uh, the world. That's not an army defending America. That's a mercenary force that you're plucking from the dregs of society because they're poor and you're sending them off to war for some corporation incorporated to go kill people. So you're going to have Africans come up through South America into the United States to go back to Africa to go kill Africans with an American uniform on. So instead of a machete chopping them up with Simba eating them after, they're going to be shooting them in the face and dropping a, a Halliburton bomb on top of their head. And so it's like, what are you actually doing? You're, you're promoting lawlessness. It's just dumb. It's just evil. I'll downshift into some humor and then we'll get into our last point. But this is, this is, uh, this is the piggyback off of Dick Durbin. Pa. Grandpa! Huh? I think it's time that we had um, kind of a difficult conversation with you. You know how much we love you, right? Right. And I love you too. <laughs> And we only want what's best for you. Mm -hmm. it's, it's becoming more and more clear to us that we can't take care of you the way that you need to be taken care of. Why are you talking like that? I'm fine. You're getting older. You get confused. You forget where you are. You fall down. You need to go someplace where they can take care of you. Where people your age go. I think it's time for you to run for U.S. Senate. No! How can you do this to me? I still have a lot of good years left. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Dick Durbin. It's, uh, Dick Durbin. The only thing that would have made that more Dick Durbin if he was, like, the open borders pro-homo guy. They just, just needed a laugh. Just needed a laugh. Needed a laugh. Needed a laugh. All right, we'll end with this. This is just a, a graphic depiction of a TV show called Jack Reacher. Fictional character, former army, military, police guy, ninja, investigative skills, all sorts of stuff. So it's fake. So what I'm about to show you is fake. There is one bad word in it. But what I want you to do is to, while you're watching this, have in the mind how the guy just does stuff and he uses his skills. No one tells him what to do. He just does it, right? He just does it. That's what we're going for. That's what I'm... That's the idea. That's the theme I'm trying to optimize. With that do, here we go. Jack Reacher.
Sorry, I have to make another withdrawal. Taking out money. That minivan to my left. Is that yours? Yes. Just for clarity. You've been carjacked, right? My child is in the backseat. Gun? Yes. Stay here. This won't take long. Come on. Your mom better hurry the fuck up, kid, or this is gonna go bad for both of you. <laughs> Your mom? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, I'm here. Oh, that guy will be out for a while. Go in the bank, call the cops, give him these guns in the car. Wait. Who are you? Someone who prefers not getting involved. Now, of course, that's a sensationalized Hollywooded version, and uh, I don't condone the violence. I do condone using your skills not asking for permission, and absolutely doing righteousness. I do believe that that will put you into conflict with the world, not in a conflict like you're smashing a guy's head into a car. But he was going about his business. A woman was in distress, crying, little, you know, you know, cherry, little strawberry wound on her face. He recognized she was in hurt. He looked around and he said, okay, car, okay, all right, all right, is this the case? You should do the same thing. I should do the same thing. We should use the talents that God gives us to recognize where other people are hurting. Because I'm of the mind that God is so cool and so smart and so powerful and awesome that he will put you into positions that are going to be solved and can be solved with the gifts that he gave you. That way, whenever you recognize them, you're like, oh, thank you, God, for the opportunity for me to use my gifts. And then you'll use your gifts. The problem will be solved. And then people will look at you and be like, what'd you do? And then that's where you, as the faithful Christian, can say, oh, uh, Jesus you know, put it in my heart to do X, Y, Z. I think that type of situation that is reinforcing the fact that Christ is king is the type of conquering and dominion the world needs to, be, needs to observe. I think it's what the what Christians need to do, and that's what I want to point at whenever I'm pointing at this um, to live as Christ to die as gain. To live as Christ to die as gain. Paul is writing this from from a Philippian jail. He's you know he's he's, he's in prison, and he's saying he's like, listen, guys, um, to live as Christ to die as gain. I'm going to live like Jesus. I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to meet the woman at the well. I'm going to go preach the gospel to people who hate my guts. I'm going to recognize the fact that if I've got a bunch of money, I can give it to people who don't. I don't have to just write them a check. I can actually create entities or create situations uh, where, where, I, where, where, they, where they help them out. Where, where they help them out. And this can get back to the studying of the Bible. It gets back to what the Bible says. It gets back to what the Constitution gets at from a law perspective, from a government perspective. We have a government that is a republic, which means that whenever we look at our founding documents and the letter of the law, that is true. That is a diligence and a discipline of the mind to recognize not everything is true. I'm not going to believe stuff just because I see a stupid meme on the internet. I'm not just going to do something just because my favorite podcaster with his promo code told me about it. I'm not just going to go down the path of emotionally trying to pull heartstrings by standing in front of the psychological manipulating the Supreme Court and say that I'm not getting remedy. Please help me out. Please give to my gifts and go so I can pay for these attorneys that are arguing bad law. This is the type of 
cultural-wide repentance. This is the type of doctrinal repentance. This is the type of turning away from the solutions that we think are saving us because they're not. There are real problems happening. There are really bad things going on. And they require us to engage. They require us to live as Christ to be the way that he was. He went out of his way to help a woman who did not deserve it. And in the process, he changed her way of thinking and she went and brought a lot more people to him. That is disproportionate influence using Christ's wisdom to get Christ the glory. I think we are living in a time of unprecedented opportunity to do that. I think that if we only keep our focus on the internet, if we only keep our focus on uh, you know, the telegram or the, the whatever, if we only keep our focus on stuff that's on the internet, people talking on the internet that we haven't actually met, then we're depriving the people around us, the people who need the gospel to go to heaven. We're depriving them of our talents and we're not engaging at that opportunity. We need to be masters of the knife fight before we're shooting these long-range missiles into places. And I think that people uh, within the sound of my voice are imminently postured for getting Christ and glorifying Christ, getting him the glory and glorifying Christ in their daily life. James O'Keefe had a moment of truth when he's talking to the man who said, well, I'm, I'm afraid of losing my job and not supporting my family. Amen. That doesn't mean that that dude has to be the guy going and doing the small investigative cameras to overthrow the big companies. Because let's be honest, if everyone did that with a 100% success rate, then there wouldn't be massive big companies. In fact, it's against the prob probability that you're going to be able to put on a small investigative camera and go out and do something. Most of the times, the batting average of getting these small investigative cameras probably aren't the big salacious uh, you know, things that, you, that you're used to using, that you're used to seeing. And so while it's good work that O'Keefe is doing, it's almost as though it's created this expectation that every single time you go out, you see a freaking uh, you know, uh, leftist just tell you what you know oh here's this you know part of this secret that destroys this company likewise it's this expectation that whenever you read the bible and you recognize that christ is king and the, and everywhere he went he just kind of did stuff that's because he's christ that's because he's the king ditto the apostles they are doing their job as god wanted them to you get to do what god put you on this world to do which might be doing something like the apostles did. It might be doing something like what Christ did. Chances are it's going to be the mundane things, air quotes, that is just making sure that you read the Bible with your children. Telling your neighbor that you uh, want to pray for them and asking them what can you pray for. And even couching it, hey, I want to pray for you because I have been arrogant and selfish. And by me training to beat my arrogance and my selfishness, I want to pray for other people. Would you please tell me something that I can pray for you just so that I can practice the discipline of praying for other people? And that will blow their mind. They won't know how to think about that. Even if they hate Jesus, they will recognize the fact that you just confessed a sin and you threw yourself under the bus, which is an ultimate act of humility. By doing that, they'll be like, well, I don't believe in your stupid religion, but if it helps you for you to get better, I appreciate that. You can pray that my knee gets better or my dog does whatever or, you know, whatever. You know, you know, I, I don't know what y'all's neighbors say or think, so I don't, you know, I don't know. But, but, but that there's 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 power there. There's power in in confessing your sin because whenever you confess sin, that is something that Christ has conquered. And in the spirituality terms, when you are confessing your sin, you're giving Christ the glory that He's confessed it. That's spiritual warfare. That's you saying that there's power over your sin. There's, there's, there's salvation from your mistakes. That whereas you fell short, Christ has more than covered the gap. 
where you have uh, dropped the, the ability to, to do something, Christ has more than carried you all the way. That is spiritual warfare because from the wellspring of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're speaking that, you are invading what other people, you're invading other people's battlefield. But you need to go do it. And I'll say this last thing. You doing that in person is so much more profound than somebody on the internet. I appreciate and I support the people I appreciate the people who support me. I appreciate the ability that God has afforded me the ability to support my family for doing this. I really do. Please don't hear me not be appreciative. But if I could stop doing what I'm doing in exchange for everyone who listens to me to go do what we're talking about in their own lives, I would quit in a heartbeat. If someone come up to me and says, Jaron, you have to go do something else. And in turn, everyone who listens to you will go be doing confessing of sin, preaching the gospel, meeting locally in the church, reading their Bibles, having the discipline and the due diligence to bring all thoughts captive to Christ. That whenever their government is acting like an idol, they will say, you can't do that. Thou shalt not pass. Thou shalt not make false images or, or, or have any other guides before uh, Christ. Um, if, if that were the case, I would quit tomorrow. Absolutely, I would. I would absolutely do that because that is what I believe is what we need to be doing. You need to be following Christ. You need to be living as Christ, which brings me to the gospel. When Jesus went to the woman at the well, he Jesus went there. And when she was in her normal process she found him where he was in her daily routine. Christ was there in her daily routine. She did not expect to see him. When she saw him, she's talking back and forth. Christ is asking Jesus questions. Where is your husband? Knowing good and well, she don't have a husband. Knowing good and well, she had been with multiple men. Knowing good and well that a woman going to the well in the heat of the day is a woman who's trying to do something where she's not around other people, probably because she's got all these other types of dudes in and out of her house. Jesus ain't dumb. When God asked Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, where are you? He's not dumb. He knows exactly where they are. He knows exactly what they've done. It's not a question for him to gain knowledge. It's a question that reveals the heart. It's a question that reveals sin. You and I have sinned. Jesus paid that fine. And just like the woman at the well, Jesus has come to meet you. He presents himself either through the the bad and, and sinful tools that fall short like myself talking on the internet or some other person in your life or just some random idea. Maybe you saw a lightning bolt hit a tree and you're like, holy crap, that's amazing. And you recognize God's order. You recognize the fact that, yeah, he could zap you dead at any second. You recognize that as Ecclesiastes 3 says that God puts eternity in every man's heart. And you know that when you die, you stand in front of your judge. You stand in front of the creator. And if that thought scares the hell out of you, amen. You're almost there. Because that fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That fear of the Lord is where you will actually look to Jesus and trust that he died on the cross for your sins. That he was buried and three days later he rose from the grave. When you believe that... When you trust him, when you believe that and trust him, you are baptized in his name. He wants very much for you to come with him. He wants very much for you to follow him. So much so that he died on the cross. And the way that God is, is he very, He makes it only that way. It is an exclusive way to, only the exclusive way to Christ is through Jesus. You must believe the gospel. You must be born again. You must come to him by faith through grace. You are not doing this of your own works. You are not doing it because you've earned extra credit. You're not doing it because you give money. You're not doing it because you're good enough. You're doing it because Jesus is good. He completed the work. He even said on the cross, it is finished. The debt is erased. The, the debt is erased. The old is gone, the new has come. Believe the gospel. 
Appreciate your time. One of the best ways you can help is to go to humblewb.coffee. Humblewb.coffee. You get a bag of coffee like this. Of course, the different blends are in different colors, but it's air roasted coffee. It's delicious. It's got Bible verses on the side in case you're one of those people that drink coffee and read your Bible like I do. Uh, portions of proceeds goes to mailing Bibles around the nation, private membership association. This is your invitation. Accept that invitation to get it deliciously air roasted coffee direct to your door. Humblewb.coffee. Humblewb.coffee, of course, the best way. And you can join me this Friday at 8 p.m. Central is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. This is a, in my view, a better situation because instead of just a, you know, exchanging commodities, you know, pay money, get something, this is a changing of how you let your dollars have ripple effects and impacts throughout the economy. Support American manufacturing. Take your money away from the godless commies. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. Direct product purchase. Over 450 household items delivered right to your door. I will be on a Zoom call with my wife in this room. This Friday, 8 p.m. Central, you can sign up for that at nowgotowar.com. Lord willing, I'll have that in the description tomorrow. Also, Lord willing, we'll be here tomorrow because you never want to presume that you're going to be here because James chapter 5 says never just say you're going to go here and make a profit. You always say if the Lord wills, you will go and do that. Okay, so that's why we do it. Amen. If God wills, we'll be here tomorrow. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Go to war.